pickaxe. Howdy, everybody out there. We are busy making some more content. Uh, obviously, Arc 4 is over. We want you to send us any feedback you had at dandrpodcast at gmail.com. That's dandrpodcast at gmail.com. That means any questions you might have for any players or characters, uh, anything you thought about any episode, uh, what you thought about the endings, all that good stuff. We want to know it all because we want to put together sit-downs with each group and just talk about everything that happened. Kind of decompress, let everybody vent after a, a nice long arc. In the meantime, this week we are posting The Therian Tales, Episode 1. Uh, for those of you who didn't get a chance to hear it, we wanted to post it in the main feed. This will be the only time we do that. This was our Halloween episode and our debut. We would appreciate any feedback you guys have for us. So let's hear a few words from our sponsor, and then we'll get right to the show. Greetings, and welcome to the Therian Tales. I'm your storyteller, and each time we sit down together, we'll explore a tale from the world of Theria, a fantasy realm created for the Dungeons and Randomness podcast. On that show, groups of people have explored the world and told countless stories of their own. Our stories will have a singular focus, though. They can range from tragic to triumphant, and everything in between. Today's story is about a man with a crush, a yarn that starts all too familiar before taking an interesting turn. Dear listeners, this week I present to you The Strangers, written by Jason Massey and Brianna Marie. We hope you enjoy. This is humiliating, Jack thought to himself as he felt Amber's gaze on his left-hand side. He'd always been useless at starting fires, but he'd hoped that his desire to impress the woman he'd had a crush on for so long would help him overcome his own ineptitude. It had taken forever for him to work up the courage to speak to her at the tavern. He saw her there almost every other day while making deliveries across town, something that made his trips there a worthwhile treat instead of a menial chore. The moment he turned the corner and saw the sign that read the silver flagon, his heart would begin to beat steadily faster with each step he took toward the front door. He would pass the kindly old man, Ewan, who ran the fruit stand just outside and exchange pleasantries. On the day he finally managed to approach her, after a lengthy conversation with himself to work up his courage, he finally sputtered out a hello in her direction. Amber Crenshaw looked up from her book she was reading after a moment, her dark, charcoal eyes seemed to stare straight through the gawky stranger in front of her for just a beat or two. After what seemed like an eternity to Jack, she blinked and gave a slight giggle. Oh, I'm so sorry. I guess I got lost in my own little world. Hello, you're Jack, right? He was astonished she was talking to him, let alone knew his name. Uh, yeah, he stammered. The two maintained eye contact for just a second past what was comfortable, 
until both started to speak over one another. Sorry, Jack mumbled. Uh, what are you reading? It's this wilderness guide. I can't seem to put it down, she replied. Oh, do you do a lot of traveling or something? Jack asked. I wish. I've mostly been stuck in town these days. It's not like Aubrey isn't a nice place or something. It's just that sometimes you want to get away from everything for a while, you know? Sort of leave everyone behind? During the last sentiment, she brushed a portion of long black hair behind her slightly pointed ear. A small movement that made Jack feel even more endearment toward her. Oh, really? Well, I just so happened to go camping quite a bit. His brain put out the alarms. What was he doing? The words had tumbled out of his lips in such a matter-of-fact tone that he almost could believe it himself. He wanted to correct himself, take it back in a playful way that wouldn't brand him a liar, but he couldn't find the words before Amber chimed in. That's fantastic! Where do you usually camp? He started to panic a bit. Why did he lie? He was an abysmal outdoorsman. If he told her now, though, the girl of his dreams would never trust him again. Um, normally just in the hills to the east, about twenty miles or so from here, he improvised, impressed with his own aptitude for lying in the moment. So impressed that he continued on the statement without realizing how stupid he was being. Maybe I could take you sometime. Are you asking me on a date, Jack? She smiled as she cut to the chase. To Jack, it felt like several minutes before he could put two words together. In reality, it was only several seconds of him stammering. Amber's grin stretched across her face as Jack struggled to gather his composure. I... Yes? He finally retorted. It's a bit of a big first step, isn't it? She asked. I mean, I barely know you, and you'd be taking me out in the middle of nowhere. Though Amber sounded more flirtatious than suspicious, Jack realized in the moment that on top of lying, he also came across like a murderous creep at the same time. As if there wasn't a certain type of person who surely would lure a pretty girl like Amber into the woods and then try to harm her. How was she meant to know he was different? Thankfully, she seemed to think he was without much convincing. She made a show of puzzling it over. I do have some time off next weekend, though... Guess we'll just have to get to know each other better until then. She reached over and gripped Jack's hand, and the two spent the rest of the day chatting. Jack made it a point not to tell any more lies outside of the ones he needed to throw out there to support the original lie. Mostly, they spoke about literature, with Amber seemingly being a bit of a bookworm and Jack liking a few choice genres of fiction. They left the conversation with a list of recommendations for one another, Alice Jack added a few wilderness guides to for good measure in his head. The week flew by in a whirlwind for Jack. He and Amber had really enjoyed each other's company and spent almost every day asking one another questions about their families, friends, and careers. They ate dinners together and even took a ride to Dern Hollow, where Jack needed to deliver some supplies. Of course, that trip hadn't involved setting up a campfire as they stayed in an inn in separate rooms for the night. As time passed, Jack grew more and more nervous about their camping trip. He managed to convince Amber that he needed to put it off for a few weeks due to poor weather, which thankfully was actually true, so he didn't need to add to his sins. 
With the borrowed time, he attempted to subtly downplay his supposed expertise throughout the week. But without fail, Amber would respond with some variation of, I'm sure it'll be fine and you'll do a great job. He felt awful about the lie, but vowed to learn everything he could before the big trip and never lie again if he could just get through this. Finally, Jack couldn't put up the trip any longer. The day came to set out and he spent his savings buying brand new camping gear and supplies. That turned out to be the first of quite a few mistakes. Wow. Amber stared for a few moments at the man carrying at least 60 pounds of extra items on his pack. Jack looked like the weight threatened to compact his body at any moment. Are we really gonna need all this for a weekend trip, Jack? He strained to speak normally under the added weight. Oh, yeah, this is all pretty standard, really. Well, at least let me help you carry some of it. She started to reach for his pack, but Jack pulled back right away. Oh, that won't be necessary. Oh, for Pete's sake. She grabbed the pack and pulled him in close, starting to redistribute the load. You don't need to show off to impress me, you know, she gently scolded. The words resonated inside the young man, throwing him off long enough for her to finish taking some of the equipment and strap it to her own pack. Jack felt a mixture of shame and foolishness for thinking his crush wouldn't notice the weight, or that she might assume he could carry it on his own. As such, they walked in silence for a few minutes after. Once they started making their way out of town, Amber leaned over to Jack and asked in a low voice, So what was the plan there anyway? Walk the whole 20 miles carrying most of a house on your back? That broke the tension, and Jack felt himself relax down his shoulders and spine mostly able to do so because his pack wasn't as heavy. Not at all. I was going to get as far as I could, and then I figured we would just camp wherever I stopped, he said with a grin as sly as hers during the teasing. Right, but the point was to get out and see new things. I've seen the alley behind the bar, Jack. The two shared a laugh as they walked under the archway leaving town. They walked as far as they could on the first day but didn't get anywhere near the optimistic 20 miles they were planning on. Amber explained that she had broken her ankle when she was a child, and it never quite healed correctly. It soon became apparent that the trip would have to revolve around that healed injury, which didn't bother Jack. Once her ankle became sore, they would take a break. Once she confessed that it was hurting quite a lot, and noticed that the sun was beginning to set, they started setting up camp, and Jack began to build a fire. Several minutes went by as he fumbled with sticks and tried to exude the confidence of someone who knew what they were doing. His feeble attempts became more desperate as he tried over and over again, starting to sweat and become frustrated. Amber finally broke the silence. So, when are you going to admit that you don't know the first thing about camping? Jack, ever so slowly, looked up from his broken pile of sticks, eyes wide as they met hers her smile contrasting his slack-jawed stare. Oh, come on, Jack, Amber pushed him playfully. I'm not an idiot. He started to think of an explanation, but then deflated. He finally had a chance to come clean, if nothing else, though it seemed less meaningful after she'd cornered him. How did you know? He finally asked. How could I not know? Amber looked at Jack in disbelief. You purchased all new gear for this trip, which was sweet, but... It means you didn't have any old gear of your own. You nearly walked us into a dire bore lair, 
And that was nearly after eating burning ivory, thinking it was mint. I like you, Jack, but you're a terrible liar. He threw up his hands in defeat in response to her laughter. You got me. I'm really sorry for lying. I'll never do it again. I just wanted to impress you, and it sort of got out of hand. I get it, Amber said while looking him over. Like I said, it was kind of sweet that you put in so much effort for this. It's just a good thing that I read that guidebook cover to cover. Just no more lies, okay? She asked as she prodded him with her finger. Ouch, yeah, I promise. He shouted and pulled back. For the record, I read it too. I just didn't retain as much as you did. Yeah, things like that just sort of stick with me. How about I help you with this fire? She said as she reached a hand out toward the pile as her fingers began to glow. A small flame shot up from her index and middle fingers, and in a second, the small arrangement of kindling was lighting up the area around them. I didn't know you knew magic, he said. Oh, that? She smiled. It's just basic tiefling stuff. As she replied, she scooted closer to Jack and laid her head on his shoulder. He hesitated before wrapping his arm around her. The sun sank slowly as the two warmed themselves by the crackling fire. They talked until the moon was high in the sky, the sounds of crickets and small nocturnal animals chittering and chirping in the distance. It was calming. Jack imagined he may have felt nervous or frightened if he were alone, but Amber's presence made their camp feel warm, both literally and metaphorically. Just as Jack was about to teasingly suggest they needed to sleep before the sun started to rise, a snapping sound echoed from the tree line nearby. He looked over at Amber, who had looked over at him in return. They both heard it. What was that? She asked, barely managing to hide the panic in her voice. Jack didn't blame her. The snap hadn't been from something small, like a twig or a light rustling of leaves. Maybe it was a deer or something, Jack offered. A second snap, this time much more distinct and closer. That is not a deer, Amber's voice was a shrill whisper, wary of being too loud but betraying her fear. Would a bandit have followed us here? Okay, let's say that is a person. Maybe they just got lost, or maybe they're checking on us. He tried to stay calm, if not to continue to appear confident to Amber to at least keep himself in check. Hey, is anybody out there? Amber shouted into the darkness, unprompted. It made Jack jump, but he reasoned that it made sense considering the way he'd tried to explain it. There was a long silence, but no reply. Jack began to stand up. Where are you going? She asked. I'm going to check it out. There might be someone hurt out there. Are you insane? She said, her wide black eyes reflecting the fire nearby. I'm just going to see if there's anyone around and come right back. I'll even take a knife, all right? He reached down and grabbed the sheathed blade near the pair. Amber looked back and forth between Jack and the source of the sounds. There was another snap. It almost sounded deliberate. Finally, she grumbled and grabbed one of the larger branches in the camp. With a small flourish, she lit the end of the branch, creating a makeshift torch. At least take this. She handed the light source to Jack. Her eyes narrowed as she spoke. 
And if it seems like you're in trouble, I'm coming in after you. I'm sure there's nothing bad, he said, only halfway believing it. Jack crept into the night and beyond the tree line. Each step took him further and further from the supposed safety of the camp and the warmth of the fire. The cool, wet grass beneath his feet made shifting noises with each stride. The nervousness that he recognized company had kept away had started to creep in. The air was crisp, the cold nipping at his fingers that held the blade only somewhat staved off by the flames of the torch. He stepped over a few small, rotted trees that must have fallen during storms over the past few weeks. He was very glad that he had the light, as tripping and stumbling out here would not have been great. After about twenty yards or so, he took a good look around. He let out a soft sigh, reasoning that he must have been correct, that it was a deer or something like it. Amber's shouting must have scared it away. He turned back, intending to return to the camp. Suddenly, the snapping resumed, this time directly behind him. So close, he thought it must have been right up against his ear. He nearly slipped as his entire body rotated, sheer instinct and fear driving his muscles to react faster than he ever thought he could. It took a moment for his eyes to adjust again, but he saw something running out of the corner of his eye. He wanted to scream or run, but the fear paralyzed him. More snapping echoed around him. He took a deep breath, fully intending to yell out some threat at whatever was running. It looked like a person, but it was so quick he wasn't sure. Whatever he intended to do, he was instead picked up aggressively and driven against one of the larger trees to his left. His back collided with the wood and drove the wind he'd finally managed to inhale from his lungs. His legs slumped, and he fell against the base of the solid oak. His vision blurred as he struggled to get air back into his body. At first, he simply couldn't manage it. He coughed and sputtered, attempting to stand. It was no use. Something was holding him down. Tears filled Jack's eyes, blinding him to his assailant. Finally, he managed to shake his head and get a better view. Long black fingers wrapped around the collar of his coat and crept up to his neck. The dark and lack of oxygen were playing tricks on him. This thing was completely black from head to toe. Not its skin, but it. The creature was more of a silhouette than a person, a shadow. Vaguely in the shape of a human, but certainly nothing of the sort. Its movements were slow and stilted, almost a mockery of how a person would move. The only thing visible were its eyes. These soulless, white specks hovering near the top of its head. Jack thought momentarily that it looked as though it was shining through its shape. As if two holes had been pierced through, and a steady stream of magical light was held up behind them to create the effect of eyes, like shadow puppets. Jack's mouth was agape and trying in vain to swallow air. The creature leaned down, but still loomed over him. He felt the long fingers start to loosen their grip around his neck. They were cold. A wheeze escaped Jack's mouth. The creature raised one of its hands up to its face. A small line began to form near the bottom of the creature's head, crooked and long. It ran from one side of its face to the other. Was it smiling? 
at him? A single finger extended up from its hand, and it touched the appendage to the slit that had formed across its face. Shh. It hissed as Jack blacked out. He began to stir many hours later. He had to assume hours, though he had no way of knowing for sure outside the daylight that blinded him when he opened his eyes. Confusion set in for a moment, not used to waking up outdoors, but then the previous night's events resurfaced in his mind. He started to stand and use the tree for support for his battered body. What had that thing been? Where was... Amber! Amber! He called out on instinct, sheer panic icing his veins. Though his spine was in terrible pain, he began to run as fast as he could back to the camp. He reached the clearing near the tree line and stopped. Nothing. There was nothing there. No bedrolls, no fire, no supplies, no amber. Jack stared in disbelief. What the hell? was all he could muster. He fanned out and searched the area, but there was nothing. No sign of Amber. In fact, there wasn't a single sign that there had been a camp at all. With his meager studies in wilderness training, he wasn't even confident at first that he was in the same area. Had the creature carried him off? But then he started looking for landmarks, and the river that had led them from Aubrey was exactly where he remembered it being. Had Amber abandoned him there? No. She wouldn't. But what if she'd been hurt? M maybe she assumed him dead and went back to town? That didn't explain the lack of a campsite, but Jack was desperate. As he hiked back the way he and Amber had come, sprinting when his body would allow, his mind kept flashing back to the night before. The thing that had flicked him against a tree, that held him down and gazed at him with that uncanny smile. Its eyes, cold and distant, present and taking in the scene, but otherworldly. It was completely unfamiliar to Jack. He had no explanation for it, but rather than focus on that, he set his mind to something he could do, and that was finding Amber. He finally reached the archway that led into town. He ran down the street and turned the corner approaching the silver flagon. A familiar path that felt strange to walk when things were so wrong. He ran by the nice old man selling fruit and grabbed the handle of the door, flinging it open. Thank the gods. Oh, thank the gods, Jack said, nearly falling to the floor of the bar. There she was, setting up tables to the right. Well, you seem awfully excited, she said with a grin. Jack closed the gap between the two of them and wrapped his arms around her tight. Whatever that thing was, it hadn't gotten to her. Maybe the fire kept it away. Then he noticed, with a start, that she was pushing him away rather aggressively. Okay there, buddy. She distanced herself from Jack with a now furrowed brow. I'm not that kind of girl. Now, if you want a drink, I'll gladly set you up with one. Jack didn't understand. Amber, it, it's me, he pleaded. The look in her eyes was unbelievable, but also recognizable. She paused, trying to be polite, hoping he would finish the thought with a name or further explanation. He didn't. 
Finally, she responded, her voice empathetic but hesitant. I'm sorry, have we met before? Jack was stunned. If he didn't know her so well, he would think that she was joking, but he knew Amber. He knew her teasing was always coupled with a sly grin. She couldn't keep a straight face at her own games. And her eyes... There was genuine confusion there. A trace of fear, even. Jack, you know me. We, we went camping last night? Don't you remember? There was a noise, and I went to check it out. There was some kind of monster, and I must have passed out after it attacked me. I woke up, and I couldn't find you. I thought it had done something with you. He blasted, even more panicked and loud in the tavern. The longer he went on, Without her knowing what he was talking about, the more frantic and scared he became. Amber started to take very small steps backward, about halfway through the rant. From the back room, a large man entered to see what all the fuss was. Jack finally stopped and locked eyes with Amber. He held his hands out and begged without saying another word. Why didn't she remember? Now, however, the empathy and confusion that had existed there was almost entirely fear. A small trace of her confidence there to mask it. Hey, Grant, we have a real lively one here. She called to the back of the building. The large man began to walk over to the raving lunatic and gently grabbed his arm to escort him out. Jack started to struggle but wasn't putting up much of a fight compared to the bouncer. He was all but defeated, but his mind began to scream out. One final plea. Something only he would know. Your ankle! He shouted. Her expression changed, though it was obvious she was putting up a brave face. Her brow narrowed just slightly. My what? Your ankle! You heard it when you were a kid, right? You told me that while we were hiking. Jack was finally starting to gain traction. Amber paused for a moment. Then the puzzlement became anger. Have you been stalking me? Have you been following me around or, or asking about my life to pull this shit today? He wanted to defend himself but was cut off by Grant, yanking him off the ground and carrying him the rest of the way to the bar. I've never seen you before in my life. Get the hell out of here and don't ever show your face again. The bouncer dropped him onto his back on the cobblestone street. And Jack's already battered form screamed at him. Get the hell out of here, he said in a low voice before walking back inside. Jack looked up at the cloudy gray sky for a long moment, trying to wrap his head around what had just happened. He eventually rolled over to his side and pulled himself up off the ground. He looked around to see the nice old man, observing him cautiously. It's okay, Ewan. I'm fine, he grunted. I'm sorry. Do I know you? A frail voice answered back. That's when it made sense. A creeping, dreadful sort of realization surfaced. Even though it couldn't be... He knew instantly that it had to be true. A pit in Jack's stomach began to form. He forced himself to stand up, 
forced himself to confirm the knowledge, even though he truly didn't want to. No one. Jack visited every friend, co-worker, and acquaintance he knew. Not a single one of them knew who he was. Even his own mother just smiled politely and asked if he had placed an order when he reached the shop and stared at her. His home, where he'd resided for nearly a decade, had a different family inside of it. He stood outside, an overwhelming emptiness spreading from his chest and filled up his whole body as he watched a family he didn't know play and sing in his home. Their home. By that point, he had accepted that the thing in the woods must be linked to this somehow. It must have done this to him. Out of options and desperate, he rented a room in the local inn to rest. The next morning, he returned to the silver flagon. I'm sorry, he said right away, putting up his hands. I know you told me not to come back, but I need to talk to you. I swear, I'm not trying to hurt you. Amber blinked, setting her book down. I'm really sorry, but do I know you? She asked, just as genuine as she had asked the same question the day before. That was it. That was the catch. They didn't just forget him once. They would forget him again. And again. And again. He stumbled back as the realization hit him in waves. There was no way to fix this. No matter how many times he reintroduced himself to everyone, they would forget him again the moment he left their sight. Jack took small, feeble steps backward, absentmindedly pawing at the front door and stumbled out into the busy, wet street. He stood and looked out at the town as a gentle rain fell on his head, shoulders, and back. He watched his children ran by playing a game of tag. He saw a woman wave down a carriage and climb aboard. He saw friends laughing at some funny story they were telling while walking by him. They gave him a slight nod and said hello. Jack had never felt more alone in his entire life. He was nothing but a stranger. We hope you enjoyed today's tale. If you did, please consider supporting us on Patreon or liking the episode and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us immeasurably and ensures that we can keep sharing stories with you for as long as you'd like to hear them. You could also join our Discord server or send us an email with any feedback you might have. Our next story will focus on a business owner in a small town, struggling to keep up with the day-to-day and wishing the world would cut her some slack. Until then, dear listeners, keep the fire lit for us.
We really hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Obviously, we want to know what you guys think. Send us any emails, comments, tweets, Facebook messages, whatever. And give us feedback for anything that we're doing. Obviously, we also want to know everything you thought about ARC 4. Do you have questions for a cast member? Do you have questions or comments about the story? Send them to us. Let us know. And uh, we're going to try to sit down with cast members and talk about all this stuff and kind of decompress while we're getting ready for ARC 5. That being said, thank you so much. We'll be back next week with something. And until then, good luck with your games.